0: Hey, welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. This is your host, Josh Rosenberg. I am super psyched to be here for this episode with Maya DeVitri. If you're here for the first time on Roadcase to listen to Maya... Welcome to the Roadcase community. I am so psyched that you're here. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. Thanks for your support. And I'm so glad you've been along for this ride. I'd like to remind everybody there's a number of different ways you can get involved with the Roadcase community. First and easiest and really humble for the show is to follow us on the socials. We're at Roadcase Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, Another great way to get involved with Roadcase is to shoot us an email Our email is info at roadcasepod.com. You can send suggestions, uh, comments, uh, suggestions for guests, uh, what have you, and I promise I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Uh, Another way to find out more information about Roadcase is to visit our website at Uh, www.roadcasepod.com. Another great way to support Roadcase, super easy, is to subscribe to Roadcase on your favorite listening platform. And that really helps out the show and increases our presence on the streaming platform so you're if you're on Spotify for example you that little box says follow you just smash that box and uh, if you are on Apple podcasts um, there's a check mark up in the upper right hand corner you just hit that uh, by doing that and um, on both those platforms and other any other platform you will get a Updates as to when new episodes come live, and that's really helpful uh, and useful to follow Roadcase. And if you're on Apple Podcast, if you could rate and review Roadcase, that would be great. So you scroll down a little bit, see the bunch of those stars, hit a bunch of those, and uh, and write a review. really helps out the show. So I'm really excited to have Maya DeVitri here. We had a really nice conversation. Maya was with uh, the Stray Birds from 2012 to 2018. They've uh, since disbanded, and Maya's been producing albums as a solo artist since 2019. Uh, her third album is a solo release the albums entitled Violet Light. It came out in early 2022, features a variety of artists and musicians on every track. It's just a lovely and gorgeous folk Americana with just amazing vocals and really directly confronts the human condition by looking at a variety of different kinds of interesting factors, especially with the title um, also talks about ultraviolet light and what the, the natural world can see, but we can't see. And that analogy is kind of, um, continues throughout that and uncovers a lot of different sort of aspects that we all confront in our own lives. Maya's a super artistic individual who really sees so many different creative processes and the positive in all that she does. Uh, took off on a road trip as a high school graduate across the country and began busking and performing with her friends while traveling out across the country. And that really gave her uh, a taste and flavor for what it meant to perform and, and how important it was in her own life. And we'll hear um, a lot of those stories. Maya's just a, a wonderful human, I had a great time chatting with her. If you you want to find more information about Maya, you can head to her website. Um, they got a tour looking at uh, going to they're headed into the mid-Atlantic states and uh, up the East Coast in May and early June. and of course they're performing at a variety of different festivals throughout the summer. I really encourage you to check out Maya's work and also give Violet Light a listen as well. Uh, thanks again to everyone for being here and I want to send a special thank you to Maya devitri for being here on this episode of Roadcase. And here we go. Hey Maya, thanks for being on Roadcase. So great to see you. Yeah,
1: you too. Thanks
0: for having me. Oh, you're welcome. It's such a pleasure. Um, you know, I learned primarily about your work from um from Lindsay Liu, who I had on the show recently and um then I went and looked at your your your, your work and your uh, your back catalog. It was just it's absolutely phenomenal. And this new album um that came out on January 28th, Violet Light is absolutely gorgeous and the more I started to dig with it the more that I really loved it. And that's like an amazing thing is learned about the concept behind it. And then the songs tie. And then there's individual stories with the songs that tie to the larger concept. And it's, it's just really beautiful. Can you talk about Violet Light a little bit, which like the title I also love just the words and the the whole the whole vibe?
1: Yeah, totally. So like violet light is it's sort of, i shortened it the like the the concept of ultraviolet light yeah like sure being this this part of the light spectrum that uh-huh. humans can't see and it's but it's something that like butterflies and bees and and like plenty of other beings in our world and planet like yeah. use ultraviolet light and they navigate with it or they like it's just a very key part of their life and their experience mm. and what they do and but humans are like, it's not even that we're blind to it. Like we just like, we can't see it. Yeah, it's, it's not part not, of the
0: human visual It's spectrum. not a part of our, yeah. yeah,
1: it's not a part of like what we see or do. And so I just love that because it like really humbles me <laughs> to just be <laughs> like, all wow. all kinds like, of
0: shit going on out there. There's that,
1: so much going on. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, like if I walk into my garden, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's just like a whole thing. Like, light show going on out here that I don't even see. That's how it is in my brain, at least. So I'm just like, wow, m- I wonder what it looks like to just see like purple
0: everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I like think that. about like sometimes there's these funky sci fi things or animation when they show like from the point of view of a bee and it's like yeah. all this stuff going on. I'm like, wow, that yeah. looks pretty
1: cool. Yeah. So I'm just like, I don't know. I-, I think that's so cool. And um, so, this, the concept of the album. Was a lot of a lot of the threads running through the songs are like, um, you know, just which I think is like music to me is kind of like, it's like allowing us a little bit of a glimpse of like what it's like to see something that we haven't seen before or feel something we haven't feel felt felt feel before
0: field <laughs> felt before. before. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, or, um you know, uh just, to, yeah, like to have like windows into experiences or, or like awaken things in ourselves that we didn't ever think about or or see or notice Mm. and um and then there's you know there's things in society that like we if we grew up in a particular place um you know like we don't know what it's like to swim in salt water you know but maybe Mm -hmm. we know we know like what how to catch a crayfish or just all of these like knowledges that we all have it's so specific and then there's like i don't know it just gives me um it reminds me and grounds me to just be like really open like open-hearted open-minded to other people and what their experience is and and what can i learn from them and and that's kind of the a lot of the threads running through these songs is just um, yeah a little bit a little bit also of my obsession with like animals and plants and nature and and kind of trying to gain a little bit of wisdom totally my totally. tiny tiny human
0: brain well if it's <laughs> about <laughs> other yeah, tiny. um well if it's if it's about the way that everyone um, experiences life and the, the kind of evolution that we all go through personally and individually. Um, and you know, you, you, it sounds like you sort of tie that to a collective sense and also a very personal sense for you. Um, because you know, the, the songs that I've really kind of looked at, um, describe personal stories that, that you've gone through. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like you're trying to you're trying to understand how everyone sees things differently. um, Yet the the songs on the album are individual stories to, to a great extent.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about like the song, like how bad I want to live. I, that was a song that I wrote basically as a reminder to myself to not forget to be grateful, to just like wake up on any given day and, and be, be alive and in my body. And, and get to go through a day and experience things and feel things and right. and like I wrote that after a really really scary incident on a hiking trip. It was a backpacking trip and yeah. we got caught in a storm and there was this ledge. Like it, it's like not even when I got there, it was like this. Is, how is this a trail that people actually are supposed <laughs> to even hike? Like it was, and you were like, like too we far
0: along to like you had to cross this. Spot. Yeah,
1: we had to cross this spot. Oh, it's not you know, and it was it was really it was really, really a crazy experience of, um, of just realizing my, like, kind of like this could be like, this could be the moment that like, if I don't make it across, I slip and I fall and I'm in that ocean and those rocks, and there's very little chance of coming out of that. Mm. And, and so it was just this very, um, like feeling, like we were like watching these mountain goats that were like, sort of showing yeah, us hop like along. they just like They're hop like, along
0: Fuck, and I know and, <laughs>
1: and it, yeah so there's this line in there about like goats and angels and like i felt uh, these presences like you know like family like past and future and right. this, and and just things you can't explain like supernatural feeling things and mm. and and then was like watching these goats and so there's this line about goats and angels and i don't know what other people's goats and angels are you know and in, in in a moment of of fear or a moment of uh,
0: okay. clarity
1: like that. But to me, like they were literal goats and angels. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and so that was my time in that song. And, and then I, I, I wrote the song so that, you know, I didn't, I didn't forget it. I didn't want to forget what that was like and, and how, um, like how clarifying that experience was, how much, how much more I want to give like in, in life and being alive, how I don't want to just like, I don't know, like get, I don't know the word, just like blase and, and like over it. Like, you know, when you're just like, I don't, I don't know, like just kind of like everything's whatever, like depression, you know, like any, whatever, wherever it is on the spectrum of, of like engaged or looking too forward or too backward or, you know, there's so many ranges of like where we can be in our mental health. And, and that song is just like, I like, I have more to give. I have like, I'm, I'm going I'm to gonna stay in it.
0: Right. I mean, it, it, is it a line in the song, nice to know how bad I want to live? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if I'd read that somewhere that you yeah, had yeah, said yeah. separately. But yeah, it's like, and I thought about that. Um, a good friend of mine is in, was in a hospital. He had some heart issues and he was in the ICU. And so that was kind of on my mind, obviously the fleeting nature of life and that it's short. But then I was thinking like, Oh, that kind of kickstarted me a little bit. Well, not only like my friend is in the hospital, but, and he's going to be fine, but, um, that, the, yeah, the notion like, how bad do you want to live and how, like, and being outdoors and adventurous and in that kind of situation? You know, I used to do some ski touring myself. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been in a situation where I got to cross that rock. I got my skis on. I do not want to fall. Like, I cannot. Yeah. And you have to, I cannot. It, <laughs> right. You have, it's not an option. Like, um. and you put it out of your mind in that moment. But mm-hmm. to get that kind of like reset, like that little, uh, to appreciate what you have and to um yeah just kind of i don't know just i'm sort of blanking but like appreciate where you are and what what you have and that you you know that to not take things for granted i guess yeah to not to
1: to not lose that like zest and that like this like deep this like explosive gratitude that you can feel in that moment where you are like oh my god holy shit like i made it okay Wow, yeah. this is amazing! Right, and just right. like to wake up in the morning, like I made it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm here.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what and and tell me a little bit about your before we go into like more of the album. Tell me a little bit about your own background. Like you're um uh you come from a French speaking family. You have kind uh, sort of language background, degrees, and you where where'd you grow up?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, and and my my parents actually weren't French speaking, but a lot of, like my my dad's dad and and a lot of those relatives because my grandpa came over from France during World War II, and um, and they settled in Pennsylvania, and so I have uh, just a lot of family in that area, many like countless cousins and aunts and uncles. Mm. And mo- almost everyone stayed around the Lancaster Lebanon area, mm. and um, and I yeah, so I grew up like. Very grounded in Pennsylvania and um, f- feeling very much a part of that, the culture and the community there. I grew up going to a really liberal Mennonite church, although I have no Mennonite background, like heritage whatsoever. Huh. But that, but that's Amish and Mennonite culture and heritage is a big part of that part of Pennsylvania. Right. So I, I was sort of con- growing up connected to that world. Um, but then also growing up with a lot of relatives who either still spoke French or they, they would come and visit from France. Uh And, and so feeling this kind of sense of kind of like fractured sense of place a little bit like, oh, is that, so my family is from there or, or where, like sort of, where am I from? But, um, yeah, I guess like, no, like knowing that there was, that, that there were places outside of, of Lancaster. Right. Why did they come over originally? Um, they came in. It was uh, like 1941. Um, oh, okay,
0: so like, uh, yeah, war in France. Obviously, were they in? The, yeah, they were was, like not in like Vichy France that had been occupied. They were able to leave. They
1: were they were able to leave. They were in um, in the south of France.
0: Oh well, that was German occupied by almost by 41. I don't know exactly what month. So that I think is. I th- I'm not th- going to double know. check your history. Yeah,
1: I don't know exactly. Nor what,
0: hopefully you will mine, but okay.
1: I think it was around that time. It was the day before Pearl Harbor. So, so that I would just be or, December sixth, so,
0: nineteen forty one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's that was when my grandpa got here, and, um, but I just, yeah, I guess I just grew up with this fascination for other languages and other other places, and mm-hmm. you know, having cousins who who came in and, and they would just tuck to the side and speak French to each other. And then I was learning French in school, but couldn't really keep up with them. And eventually went and stayed with relatives there and visited and stuff. And and later kind of had the same thing and the curiosity for Spanish, but I, yeah, I just, I, that's where I grew up. And, and so in the Mennonite church, I also was exposed to a lot of, um, hymns, like, like old hymns and, uh, four part harmony singing. Mm. They don't, they accompanied by a piano, but not, it's not like contemporary, Worship music, where there's like lyrics on the wall and a big band, a worship band, and all that. Uh-huh. It was like very, um, v- like sparse, like four part harmony singing out of a hymnal and piano. And so, so that was something in my childhood that was like really profound. I loved the poetry in, in those hymns, and yeah. I just like it was v- like a place of, um, real like connection or solace yeah, yeah. feeling. So you didn't for have me. to be
0: like in a separate church choir, like in a Baptist church or something. No, no, like there, was, there was and... no everyone yeah, oh, okay. singing. There was no
1: choir. Yeah, there's no choir. Everybody's singing the hymns. That's pretty and...
0: egalitarian that way for
1: sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then also I grew up with in a, in a musical family and like a very small, tight knit musical community in Pennsylvania. So because, you know, it wasn't really a, a town where a lot of people toured through and played shows or anything. Maybe bands would go to Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, but um, Lancaster wasn't as much on the map for um, for bands. But we did yeah. have this um, really great little community of, of friends who played old time and bluegrass music together. And so I would, you know, we'd all go down to Clifftop, this festival in southern West Virginia. in every August, it was like this pilgrimage. We'd all go down there and... Um, music was very much like a thing people did for fun at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, or the thing you get everybody together on Friday and Saturday night and you make a campfire out in the field and you just like sing songs. And, and that was, and my dad also played in some local bands and, uh and so I was, yeah, that's, that was like my relationship to, to music growing up and also playing violin in the school orchestra. And, and I love, I loved music so much. It always like, spoke to me so deeply. And um, I felt it so deeply. I think it took me a while to realize that I felt music like and cared about music, like, kind of way more than a lot of my friends at school. (laughs) And and then and eventually, as I was like, you know, when I was like 17, 18, like really started to crave be like finding other people who felt the way I felt about music or or that, you know, kind of wanted to, it's like, wait, not everybody's like spending four hours a day, like,
0: Practicing like, and listening, like pra- yeah. practicing yeah, yeah, and listening yeah, yeah. to music. Yeah. Like
1: I want to find, I, I need to find some people like that, um, so that I can you know feel feel a, a community in that way. But did you um, find those people? Yeah, I did. I did. I went to the first. The first people I really really connected with in that way were um, some people I'm still friends with. Um, people I met at the Swan Noah gathering down in North Carolina, and this mm-hmm. is still in that very acoustic like old time bluegrass fiddle world. And I went down to the Swan and Noah gathering and I met like Bronwyn Keith Hines, who now plays fiddle in Molly Tuttle's band. Mm-hmm. Um, I met uh, Jack Devereaux, who's a really great violin maker. Now I met Duncan Wickle, amazing fiddle player. Just so, my friend, Hannah sang, who is an, a painter and musician in Western North Carolina still. So th- those were some of the first people who I, I was like wait you're my age and you're also so obsessive about music like this is so cool and you know i was like i just went to like a suburban pennsylvania high school where everybody just like was going to football games and like kind of didn't want to go to band practice and um and it was just like it it was mind-blowing to be around people who were as obsessive and excited about music yeah and 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 they those people kind of led me into some other places and other relationships and then it, it grew from there but
0: yeah, super key to your own development. Like, yeah, the people that were watching football games were not really getting into music as much as you were, but they they could be the ones that were potentially there at shows because I'm sure totally. they loved music. They just weren't completely obsessed with it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it, yeah, Like yeah. when I think back about some of the first shows I did, like all music was like equal to me. Like I didn't even it it didn't even like genres like really didn't occur to me. Like uh, I I did because I had some friends that I was playing like old time like old time string band music. Like, like guitar, fiddle, banjo. So we put this together, and then I had this like this is in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, in high school. So we like put put this band together, and then I had this friend, Raph, who had uh like a metal band called We Were Skeletons, and I put together a Cobill show at th- a burrito shop, and we so so the string band like we played first and you know it was like all packed in all these high school friends and yeah everybody's excited that there's a show there's a thing to do so they all came they all came all the high school friends come out and we fill this burrito place so the string band we played and then raf's band comes up and plays but it's like head banging like metal right and like all of a sudden like half the people are like Oh my God. And they just like run out the door. Like, you know, some of our parents who were there were just like, right. wow, what is this? Yeah, it's not <laughs> like... big.
0: Metal is maybe not that big. Like uh, in the Mennonite culture, it's mainstream, well... <laughs> in mainstream Mennonite culture or something like that. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't go to a Mennonite high school, but I did have a lot of friends who did. And, <sighs> and so, so yeah, it was, but that was just like, when I think back about some of my earliest experiences of shows, it's like so comical. Like, um, like because of just not having any any concept of like i guess like guiding the audience through anything (laughs) it was like like um but but it was like all i knew what to do at the time there was one time i also got um asked to leave a venue like it wasn't even uh, not a venue it was just like a a restaurant like a kind of surf surfy like uh margaritaville type
0: yeah place like like
1: like, that was the vibe, like, yeah. in in Maryland, like, by the Bay, and they booked, uh, you know, they booked this string band, like, because of our MySpace page, and I, then they asked us to leave, like... And after we'd been playing for like one set the, the owner was like we're losing business people are leaving because of this music like this is not <laughs> maybe it was because of r- the bad
0: food dude this is not the right <laughs> this is not that this is
1: not a fit like you guys need to leave i'll pay you what we agreed but you have to leave and we're mm. like okay but he, i i mean i i just did my best to book the show i sent the music samples and everything right. like it's not like So, so there was some kind of funny miscommunication or maybe he didn't listen to the music, but, um, but I definitely could have researched more, but still, I just, I didn't know like what that certain people didn't like certain music of other genres or other things. That's
0: interesting. What were you um, listening to yourself at the time?
1: I was listening to so many different things. Like. The, the thing I was listening to the least was probably the pop music that was on the radio in the nineties. Cause it was like banned in my household. Like my parents didn't want, they were just like, no, you can't listen to Britney Spears. You can't listen just because they just thought that the music was terrible. Right.
0: And like telling but, a teenager to not do something, is just a ticket to have that teenager do that thing.
1: Yeah. So of course, <laughs> you know, so my sister and I would, you know, we'd still buy the CDs at Kmart and listen to it on our Walkman, right. um, but, and listen to it with our friends. But, um but i was listening to a lot of my parents favorite music like i was listening to the band and the beatles and like stuff that they had been loving for decades Mm -hmm. and a lot of songwriters um like a friend of my parents had made these sort of bootleg recordings of uh songwriters playing at kerrville folk festival so i don't even know like who all i was listening to but it was just just songwriters like around the campfire kind of thing and um
0: kind of latched onto uh, that a little bit more
1: latched onto that and um a lot like we would always you know if gillian welsh put a new record out like we'd we'd have that yeah. cd in the car iris dement we'd have that cd in the car on repeat for right. you know for years um and i remember listening to a lot of prairie home companion too and like whatever musical guests garrison keeler had on there and yeah um and i love what I chris
0: is doing now with that or did or not? I don't know if it stopped or he's still doing it.
1: Yeah, I, I um also listened to a lot of classical music. I was really wow. like because of the violin.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I just yeah. like
1: I like loved it. I thought it was just beautiful. I listened yeah. to, and and just um
0: yeah. Um, So you did something really interesting that you documented in a song on the recent album. You traveled across the country at at 18. Or was that song on the (laughs) recent album? Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Never on a Map. Oh, my God. I love that album. And I love Jamie Dick, who's on drums. I've seen him at several shows. We've hung out a little bit. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's a good guy. He plays with so many different bands. It's bananas. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's so great. Yeah. yeah. He's in in those videos I made of... I made a couple a couple of nice live videos with a band and, and
0: yeah, never and on those. a map. Amazing. I mean, any, any, I, I love geography. So anyone that's mentioning a map in a song, I'm like, okay, let's check this out. But, um, that's not why I love it. But, um, it's just, uh, so, so, so you traveled across the country as an 18 year old, you were busking, you went all the way, I don't know how far it sounds like you got at least to Colorado. Cause you mentioned that in the song. Um, what, uh, tell me about that and what inspired that?
1: yeah so this is with some of those friends that i was like just you know playing music with and also equally just like going and hanging out at coffee shops with and playing capture the flag with and just being high school kids you yeah, know oh, and, capture the flag um, i haven't thought about
0: that i haven't <laughs> thought about that in a long time
1: oh capture the flag was a big
0: deal in my life <laughs> oh my god yeah like, I don't know. I, I never really liked that game. It's like at the end of the day, you just like guard the flag and like, who's like, everyone's just uh, going to get, I don't know how you win. I don't think I've ever seen a successful like ending to that game. Yeah. Any, it, anyway, it's, I digress. It's
1: pretty, it's pretty um, anticlimactic. It's yeah. Usually, yeah. Right. <laughs> the concept
0: just up, is cooler. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's a cool name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Um, but so, yeah, so these are my friends, um, Corey and Ellie, who are siblings. And mm-hmm. then my friend, my friend, Nick, and Corey was willing to like let us all just get in his car, and and we decided we'd just kind of go across the country. We thought it'd be fun. And so was this like? Hold um, on, was that
0: after you? Um, after you graduated, like in that middle? In the graduated summer?
1: from? Yep, graduated uh-huh. from high school, and then so this was like the first <clears throat> thing I did after high school. And yeah. um,
0: bye bye parents, I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. And yeah and I yeah, had yeah, yeah. I had so you were three. you you turned you were already eighteen. I was eighteen. Yeah.
1: Yep. I was eighteen. And I had three younger siblings. And people ask me sometimes, they're like, So like what did your parents think about that? Like how did you get away with that? Like how did you just like didn't they like want you to do something else? Right. And and we're I was like, I don't know like they I didn't have they, time. They were like kind of busy, like yeah, you know, <laughs> with yeah. the other kids. So right. I just I just sort of slipped out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um Three and, younger. But, you have two. I know you have at least two younger sisters. Two younger and
1: sisters and a younger brother. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they were all in high school. They were busy. Um. I just kind of slipped out, and um. But also my parents <laughs> See, uh, were
0: going to California.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um. They. I think they just they they trusted me or something and figured I'd figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. But they. Uh,
0: so you took your fiddle and your guitar and just I hit took, I-, I eighty. I-
1: I took my fiddle and I took uh Corey had a guitar uh-huh. and then Nick played spoons cuz he was a drummer and so he he just got a pair of spoons to do the tick 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 and yeah, yeah. play along totally. with spoons and then Ellie would um she'd kind of sing along sing some harmonies kind of shyly but like and also I if I was singing along it was still pretty shyly I was pretty new to um like singing performance at the time like singing in public i was i was definitely confident in like playing fiddle and i loved playing fiddle and that felt like my musical voice i just didn't view myself as a singer at all right um and so and actually i had was you know it it really affects you if somebody like says something mean to you when you're like a kid and and
0: Fucking uh, you know, yeah. like
1: a f- a one time a friend had been like, you shouldn't sing your voice is weird. Like, you know, and I was oh, like, yeah. oh, OK. Oh, OK, sure. Oh,
0: yeah, you're right. You, yeah. Internalize you're, you're right. it. And yeah, that'll you're right. affect and you for like in the next five years.
1: At least. Yeah. And so
0: fuck you for saying that. Right. So I
1: right. was dealing yeah. I was dealing with stuff like that. Now I just have I have so much empathy for people who are like, no, I don't sing. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, is there? I, are you sure you just never got over that like thing somebody said to you? <laughs> but
0: yeah, um, I mean, half of the time the person can open up their mouth and start singing and you're like, yes, you don't sing. But then half of the time <laughs> it kind of is about like, because it's so much. It's just it. I mean, it sounds simplistic, but it's like putting your voice out there.
1: Totally. And that's a totally. hard
0: freaking thing to do.
1: Totally, but thankfully Corey like knew a lot of songs. He knew a bunch of like Johnny Cash songs and John Denver songs, and like we, so he would sort of lead the songs. I would lead the fiddle tunes, and we were we ended up busking a lot because we just realized, wow, we can just like open up the guitar case and people throw money in. And yeah, wait, something- you, you
0: said you just said you ended up busking. Did you not? Yeah, you go on the trip. We're gonna go. So it was like a road trip. We didn't think we were gonna busk. Yeah
1: yeah it was like it was like let's go on a road trip and like let's take instruments along to play Uh, but it was to hang out
0: okay then you're like okay so tell me about like the first time you did that and like sat down and like okay we're gonna go here this looks like a good spot what did that look like
1: well we ended up playing i think the so the first stop was pittsburgh and we played um there was we found like a there was like a children's like festival or carnival or something like happening Mm. so we set up like a block away from that and then we met these and it was like it was really good you know and we also found a farmer's market we would always look for the farmer's markets then Uh. after that and yeah Yeah, it's kind of like the last bastion of
0: people just hanging around doing nothing in this country
1: and people hanging around with dollar bills in their pockets true
0: with money yep,
1: with cash specifically with cash Yeah, yeah and so so with um, the
0: like the generally the organizers of the farmer's market were down with you guys just setting oh up, yeah
1: oh yeah usually they were down and, and of, so, adds a
0: vibe too right for yeah, them so, yeah
1: oh yeah oh yeah sometimes they would um they'd give us a specific spot they'd be like you know what this tent like this little tent nobody's going to be using it today they don't come on oh cool so So you can stand under there yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. so good acoustics
0: that like you know like like a band shell
1: (laughs) yeah and it just i don't know I, i it was so um it's funny because also like i i don't want to um I don't want to put that trip in a light that it was like all fun and perfect either. Like it was very challenging. Like, yeah. and this is like four people who two of them are siblings. Like it was like, just like many like internal dynamics and conflicts between all these people just kind of crisscrossing and arguing about like stuff, you know, yeah, just yeah. be it like kids arguing. And, um, and I think that was like a first crash course, And this whole idea, I think there's, there, there might be a little bit of, I think I had a fantasy of like, okay, like a touring band, they must be like getting along perfectly all the time. And, and (laughs) it just must be like a vacation to like travel around and play music. And this was like, it was, it was a very, very fast, um, like crash course in, okay. Like it is very difficult to spend a lot of hours a day in a car with other humans and yeah. then like want and then like smile and even like smiling and playing music like usually we would be like okay well let's just let's just play music things are good when we're playing music like let's like it'll be cool like we'll stop arguing about this you know very petty thing if we just find another farmer's market and play more fiddle tunes and that i think that's that happens to so many young bands. I mean, I, I found that in the band that I was in for about seven years, the stray birds, which was Mm -hmm. my first like full-time band. Yeah. And there were so many times when it was just like, wow, like we are at like, like we've been at this particular impasse for, you know, a while, but, uh, when we sing harmonies together, it all melts away. And, and that's, that's just an interesting, it's an interesting thing that, um,
0: well, it gives you something else to do. I mean, just to take it to a basic level, it's like the activity, right? Yeah. It's totally. like the board. Let's play a board game and let's not talk yeah. about it. Let's not talk to each other kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. A little slightly more complicated than that, but. Um, Well, how, what was the experience like? Um, so it's, yeah, it's difficult to be on the road with everybody, um, learned about dynamics that way, but how about the experience of just performing and playing? What was that like for you and how, how key was that in your kind of, you know, looking back now, how key was that for your future development? I love like the open mic stories or busking stories. It's so interesting to, to start that way. Not every artist starts that way, obviously, but, and this is epic going across the country and trying to scrape. yeah. Did you were you making any cash or were the yeah. people giving you money and yeah, yeah. that your, I mean, you were a we professional would, musician from early on then
1: yeah I mean we would I remember we would just you know we were often like just like eating mac and cheese and like the che- you know the cheapest thing we could get and cook in the parking lot um, right so so if and we were like. We thought, you know, it was fun to like dumpster dive and just get some bagels from Dunkin' Donuts and you know, for free. <laughs> nice. Just like stuff stuff like that. And um people would give us food at the farmers market sometimes. But um yeah, we we were making I mean our basically our overhead was like nothing, you know? We were just like living out of a car. So ga- we, gas. Yeah, yeah. So the gas So, we were like camping out? We were camping out and Um, if we knew, if we knew somebody, we'd definitely hit them up and see if we could stay with them and camp in their yard. But, um, uh, eventually we did make it across the country and then, um, it, it really, like as far as like the, the, the musical feeling, I mean, it, I think it just, it really solidified for me that like music is, it, it is communication and like it's communication like like it's so powerful it it's so it's a it's a magnet but also like everybody's free to just keep keep on like walking by like you can yeah like music is an invitation it's like you can come closer you can listen you can and and that's everything just to, like the exchange like how it feels one way to be playing a song and singing and the street is empty but then if somebody walks by and they stop and they listen and they're like with you in that moment and they're receiving like if it's Mm -hmm. giving and receiving it's like wow this is like this is amazing it's like when any relationship goes like Two ways, and you, you you're giving and receiving, and it's right. just like. A and then sometimes
0: sh- you're just giving, you're just putting it out there, and someone's and people are walking by, which can also happen in a relationship too. Absolutely, like you're just it's just a one way. You're just talking, and like maybe that person's listening, but there's got to be like a freedom of putting what you want out there, even if they don't stop. You're just out there together, putting music out there. So, what commonalities did you find um, from town to town? that 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 either encouraged you or discouraged you in terms of um that sort of interactive sense of you being the performer and others being a listener
1: Mm, that's a good question let me see um i mean i know like we were always we were always surprised that it worked like it was like oh wow they they also like music in denver or <laughs> you know right right
0: right <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> i don't know just um
0: yeah the answer is kind of like that's it's everybody loves are coming music out. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
1: um and and also like people are really curious and they want to know like who are you where are you from why are mm-hmm. you guys here what what are you doing where are you going um people are like really curious and
0: you were like, Oh, um, we sh- those 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 things those flyers we wanted to print out at Kinko's before we left. We forgot to
1: do that. <laughs> well yeah, and that like we didn't have any any like it's it just it was so like it, yeah, it was so different than, than when I first started touring with the Stray Birds. And it was like, okay, we hope people show up. We're like planning yeah. to get to this place at a certain time. And we have like a load-in time where we have to be at the venue and yeah, like un- bring our stuff Yeah, it's super inside.
0: more unstructured, right? it, it was
1: so unstructured. And, and so that just, um, yeah.
0: I, also I, in the way that you're advertising or that you're getting your stuff out there. I mean, even as, as simple as now... Buskers are just putting up the Venmo QR code up, and like that's how you're paying people. And yeah, I think that's cool. I love that because you can write a little message to the person and say, "Oh, thanks so much. That was a great song, or whatever. You know, here's five bucks, or whatever." And um, and yeah, just different forms of communication. I mean, how old are you now?
1: Thirty-one.
0: Thirty-one. So that was like thirteen years ago, and yeah, and things were hella different then. <laughs>
1: yeah, we didn't. We did. I mean, Corey had a, a flip phone.
0: Yeah. But we
1: didn't, we didn't, we had an atlas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, That's, that's um, changed. I mean, atlases are accurate, however, but you know, you just can't put them in your pocket and like track your progress as accurately as you can today, which is also actually a good thing.
1: I think one of the commonalities that I feel, one of the things I learned there from town to town, and one of the things I still just kind of notice is that you have to show up like you just there's so much power in just like physically showing up and Mm. physically physically being with people and nobody else is going to show up for you like nobody else is going to take a road trip for you nobody like you if you want that experience if you want to play you know like if you have songs you have to you have to like put them out there, like if you want yeah. to share them, if you want anyone to hear. Is that them, easy it's like... for
0: you? Was that always easy? Is it easy for you now? And has it always oh. been?
1: Oh no, no. It's. Uh-huh. I mean, when I like when I first started writing songs, I I was afraid that it was like you know putting my diary out there to sing them for people. Or yeah, I was, ve- I was very um, just like very private and. I also it was yeah I think like just showing up it's always easier when there are other people like Mm. showing showing up with buddies and like getting with stray birds for example yeah like so it was like first like with the road trip like if I was showing up with other people and you know okay we're all kind of a team like trying this and if it if it goes, well, it's, you know, fun in this way. And if it's like something really funny and really terrible happens, then it's also fine in that direction. And at least we have each other to like, you know. So
0: the first thing that occurs to me is, um, yeah, when you're putting it out there, it's really hard to do. Did that color your song? Did did that help? Did that make you filter? Were you self-filtering your songwriting? Because your songs are very personal. You're like putting personal stories out there. Was it always like that? Or did you self-filter because you didn't want to put that part out there
1: i think that at first i was filtering more and also mm. like the earliest stuff that i ended up putting out there what like i never made and there's no early solo maya recordings you know that i've put out there like i played mm. one i played like one solo show in boston you know before the stray birds and um in the stray birds it was like it was kind of like a pretty it was i mean it was it was hard because it was you know i'd gone from being a kind of person supporting a group of people and playing fiddle Mm. as a teenager to then um like okay wow i like i i i have songs i want to sing these songs and and still like not quite getting over this fear of like is it do I, like i don't know just like self worth stuff that i think a lot of people probably have to deal with where you're like do like now people are just going to listen to me and like my songs and the stuff that i wrote and my voice and right. I, there's like my friends are going to now play my music like not johnny cash and john denver songs but they're going to play fiddle they're going to play fiddle or they're going to play guitar on and learn to sing harmonies on my songs and like i just didn't believe in myself a- mm. enough to like believe that that was like a valuable thing and but yeah. i was getting i was getting recognition for it too you know like external validation I, you know i was like playing at the right. tell you tell I your mean, eye tr- tell your eye troubadour contest and like stuff oh, like fantastic. that like way back then yeah um and but then and you know i had joined up with oliver and charlie in the stray birds and that was it, it was a pretty um It was a pretty severely kind of closed experience. It's like, all right, we have the Stray Birds now. That's all we do. No, no shows, like no more solo. No, like that's it. This is the Stray Birds. And that was- No solo for
0: any of the three of you, but you were performing as Stray Birds.
1: We performed as Stray Uh Birds. And, but it was like- Was that sort of a
0: self-protective thing you're saying? Or was that just a overall band strategy that was just about creating a band and Stray Birds?
1: I, you know i don't know i want to give i want to give um the benefit of the doubt to the person in the band who kind of made that rule but mm-hmm. um i and that it was a protective strategy for the stray birds and getting the stray yep. birds off the ground and not uh-huh. muddying not muddying the waters um and i also think that it was a kind of <laughs> a naive acceptance for me of just like oh yeah cool i'll be protected i won't have to stand on stage as Maya Dimitri. Yeah. but i think at, you know when i look back i i can see that my you know 19 year old self or whatever was just like you know i was i remember being pretty devastated by that and and i had like i can find um I have a like I have a like a it was a, a drawing of a CD that I had in, in a journal. It was like a drawing with a track listing of the songs I was going to record. It was my first solo record. It was oh, going What year was this?
0: This Way is back. in like
1: 2009 or 2010, like before So before Stray
0: Birds, yeah. And actually uh-huh. and actually
1: th- our earliest recording Borderland had started as a solo project
0: for me. Interesting.
1: And then it shifted. And then it was like, all right, now it's a duo. Oh, now it's a band. And, but it, but it had started as me recording songs with a local engineer
0: mm-hmm. to put out,
1: to put out um some solo songs. Is that out there and anywhere? It is out there. Yeah. Oh, Borderland okay. is out there. All right, it's, right it's a, it's an EP. And that became the first recording of the stray birds. But when I found this, you know, that like, it's hard oh, okay. for me to, it's like one of those things where you, um, where you,
0: oh, I see.
1: you kind of like, tell yourself that something went one way and then you find like evidence that it actually went another way like i had i had convinced myself that i wanted to be that i had convinced myself that i didn't want to be a solo artist that i wanted to be in the band Mm -hmm. and that that was okay with me and that i was not being controlled and i was not you know i had convinced myself of many of these things Mm. and then i like you know then i would find this stuff like where I was like, wow, I had like a track listing written. Down. I had like I had listed out like the people I wanted to play on it, and mm. and like these plans that were that I just never followed through with, and that's on me, you know. That, yeah,
0: yeah. That's
1: that's my that's my thing, but it's just so interesting to go back and and see that that was like a part of the process, and that like that was a part of a part of me. Arriving at the place where then when I kind of picked up where I left off in a way with um, my first solo record when it came out in 2019, I was like mm. coming from this place of still like, am I allowed to do this?
0: Like, <laughs> you'd been so conditioned over the prior eight years or however many that was, yeah, yeah, years. yeah.
1: So it's yeah, it's it's just a weird it's just a weird thing. But I think it could have happened in any number of ways. You know, I I think yeah. am I allowed to do this? Like probably would have been a little bit of a feeling for me. If I had started putting solo records out at 19 versus 29, like, I think I still probably would have had some self doubt about it. So yeah. however, it however, it shakes out, I think, like, you know, like you said, you can't tell people not to do things yeah. and, you, and then expect them not to do it. it and, totally.
0: I mean, forever, like, for, for whatever reason that it occurred today, I think those reasons are incredibly valid um, that you had an inner voice that said that I'm. I'm good enough to do solo work and I I'm I'm okay with putting myself out there individually and um, that's a really compelling story and it's really beautiful and it makes me even happier that you're doing solo work now because it seems mm. like it's such an interesting evolution um, from where I'm sitting that you'd kind of done it before then it's sort of the first album sort of got melded into Stray Birds you guys weren't going off solo. And now now you are, and it's really beautiful, and your solo work is just absolutely utterly amazing. I started I don't usually like hop right into uh new album stuff in these interviews, but I just felt compelled to do that because it's just absolutely so so gorgeous and uh, you know I want to say also to go look at Maya's also that your two prior albums were just super amazing, so thank you yeah, yeah, it's really great um uh so. I guess one question, controversial as it may, might, might appear was then what did, was that the only, was that, clearly that was a, an important factor in going to solo work, but was it the only factor and what, how did, how did you guys decide to just go your separate ways with Stray Birds or or not necessarily go your own separate ways, but to not do Stray Birds anymore?
1: Um, How did, how did we decide? Yeah.
0: Well, no, what were the, what were the factors behind that?
1: Um, at the time I, I quit. I just, I quit. I, I mm. said, I'm, I'm out. I can't be in this environment anymore. It was, a, it was, a, it ended up ultimately, it was like a toxic environment to be in the band and, um, hmm. it, it wasn't healthy for any of us. And, um, I was, I had already recorded a solo album like, towards the end of the band, but I didn't have this fire to be a solo artist. I wasn't, like, that wasn't my motivation. It wasn't, I'm going to get out of this so that I can be a solo artist Mm full-time. I just, all that I could see at the time was, like, I just need to be out of this. And, I mean, I remember the booking agent for the Stray Birds at the time was like, okay, well, if the band is over, do you just want to play this tour as Maya? And I was like, no, I just got a like, I just got a job at Starbucks. I'm gonna be a barista. I don't want to tour. I don't want to. I don't even know if I want to be doing music. I like, I, I just, I was completely burned out and completely just, uh, I was like a shell of myself in sure. some in some ways. It just because I had I had really, uh, we toured really really hard. Um, there was some really, really difficult dynamics internally in the band. And I think that the best way that we could ultimately take care of ourselves and take care of each other was to just call it a day. And, um, there was just, it was just this moment where I just, I, I came to some epiphanies and I needed to leave. And, yeah. um, and the way the band was, was that nobody was going to like, keep it going with other members or something it was like the stray birds is the three of us like that's it it's not like yeah you know that nobody else is gonna like take the name and go do something else or or you know i'm not gonna leave and somebody's gonna replace me it's just like
0: it's, it's all done. it was
1: like all or nothing and yeah uh do you have to like
0: codify that legally or is it just sort of an agreement between the three of you
1: we did have a band agreement um and i think that was in there um. Yeah, just like yeah. That this I mean, the is, only reason I
0: asked is that you said it was kind of a toxic environment, so I suppose you guys, guys sort of left. But what did, did you, is it sort, sort of like? Um, it was a personality conflict. It was sort of where you wanted to go. Um, but it it ended up to be interesting. Um, and fruitful for you. You know, here you are with the the, the your solo project, which is amazing. Not necessarily the best timing that you know the pandemic hit right in the middle of mm. that. Um. Uh, and how was working at Starbucks? What was your mindset when you were doing that? Were you like, oh, this is all over or this is kind of just my pause? And um, how did that dovetail with one of your earlier solo albums?
1: Well, it was, honestly, it was really refreshing to me because I I really just wanted to sleep in my own bed and I wanted to have like hours that I knew I had to work and I wanted to clock in and clock out. Mm. And I, I also, like, because things had been so uh, sort of, like, out of control feeling in the band, I really wanted some rules. I really wanted structure. Like, I really wanted there to be... um it sounds, like, weird to say it, but I just wanted, like, a code of conduct, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> like...
0: Um,
1: and it felt really good to have that, and yeah. and, like be like oh wow like this is like it can be like this
0: yeah like
1: certain work and like i don't know like maybe a work environment doesn't have to include certain things or like
0: you were living the opposite dream there's a lot of people that are baristas at starbucks are like i want to be on the road as a as a a touring musician you did the opposite yeah
1: Yeah, i did the opposite (laughs) and um and i actually still work there again part-time now because i started like back in december when it was still so shaky to know like what was happening with with touring and mm-hmm. um but it's i I just like the i like how regular it is like you just don't know kind of like busking like like you just don't know who's gonna walk through the door you don't know like i can't figure people out i don't know what drink they're gonna order like <laughs> i thought that only like teenage girls drank chai lattes and it turns out that a lot of fedex drivers like chai latte it's delicious <laughs> like, what's the matter you know, with that I, I don't know i just thought that i i was like oh i i drank chai lattes when i was like a you know kid in high school so right. probably it's just like other so high now school you're girls chi- you're telling
0: us you're chai latte shaming all the famous <laughs> people <laughs> no I'm
1: not not at all i'm shaming myself yeah. for having those ideas like that that for like i'm shaming myself for uh for th- even thinking for, that for even thinking that, like for, you know, just all when we become aware of judgments uh, that we like, wow, I just didn't realize that I had that. Um, my mind had that limitation or that I would like thought like that this, like that everybody else just drank black yeah. coffee or like, yeah. you know. <laughs>
0: yeah. So what was it about the touring schedule and being on the road with Stray Birds that um, that was so grinding down for you?
1: I would say that, that's been a challenge for me to figure out because I think that I chalked a lot of it up to the touring schedule. And as towards the end of the band, we were kind of trying to negotiate with each other about touring less or touring in, you know, different chunks of time, having more time off away from the band to do Mm -hmm. other things. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, but i th- i think it's been hard for me to kind of come back to like wait a second like i love to travel i i traveled by myself when i wasn't in the band yeah. when we had when we had time off i went to cuba for a month and like studied music there i love to travel i don't know that it was about travel like i think that so it's it was really it was really more about some of the dynamics between the people in the band and just like not um like a lack of maturity on all of our parts for ways that we um you know w- ways that we did not allow each other to be free people like ways that we just expected um expected things of each other that you don't want to you you don't want to expect from a teammate or a coworker. like you know talking about codes of conduct it's just like there has to be some kind of separation and respect between um work and life and um and respect as for people as individuals and not just as like a limb of a tree like that we're all the same tree and we're all these limbs and it's kind of like we weren't i don't think there was a way for us to grow as as individual people and and like be um be healthy it was it was it was mostly um yeah, just like internal.
0: Sounds like some person dynamics. Like, yeah, some personality clashes, I guess. But you went on for quite a while, even though that was the case. That may have been Abs- the case. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it, that it, and that that in itself can grind you down. You know, when you see red flags, you ignore them at your own peril. Kind of uh, concept.
1: Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and you, you know, and it's it's also like there were there were like it's really hard when you, when you kind of imagine that you, you want to do something and it's like, wow, I'm getting to sing songs and write songs and like sing harmonies and play fiddle, like all these, all these boxes, like I'm getting to check all these boxes of things yeah. that I like love. And, um and then, you know, kind of like if you're just, you're like dating somebody for a long time and you're like, wow, like I, I'm checking all these boxes, but then there's maybe some like, really like overarching like issues or red flags or something. And you're like, well, I don't know. I, I think, um, I, I, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough. Cause yeah, like,
0: you got to individuate those, the, the overarching stuff early on, or else you're kind of doomed because you can connect on so many other levels, but the overarching shit is important and you got to yeah. individuate that. And it's so difficult. I get that. Especially when you've got like, when it's more than, it's not just you and another person directly. It's, it's a group of three people in this case
1: yeah and i think it was just like a very very like yeah there was like zero separation between like you know our personal lives and our band lives and our families Mm. and our everything was just it was just a tangled a tangled web and it was um you know financially like it was just it was it was just a it was a band.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) a bunch
1: of, a bunch of people in their like early twenties, like deciding to like give it a go at making a life together and making basically every decision together. It's like very difficult. And um, for sure, I just, well, the good,
0: yeah. yeah. The good end of the story is that now you're kind of doing that on your own. This last album, you've invited a ton of different artists. Did I read it correctly that you had different artists play on every track? Yeah
1: okay yeah, so i read that i
0: had to like read that twice and i even wrote down like what yeah <laughs> in my notes i was like okay gotta get clarification various musicians on each track you have so as many tracks like times three that's how many musicians total played on the on the on the entire there's, album there's a this little bit some repeats yeah
1: there's some repeats like ethan right. ethan Yojevits, who co-produced yes. the album with me and engineered it and mixed it he uh, like he plays bass on a, a couple of the tracks okay. yeah um, and then I th- there's like a drummer or two, you know, like Jason Berger, uh, our friend in New York, he plays drums on "How Bad I Want to Live" and also "Never on the Map." There's, right. you know, there's yeah, some, so you doubled
0: up, yeah. But some f- doubling up. The but fact I... still remains that you got a lot of friends <laughs> who yeah. want to play on your albums. That's really great.
1: Yeah, I think that that and it adds is... Rico,
0: it adds like a really cool feel to it too, because like you know, like the tracks can be a little bit different from from um, you know in in feel and tempo and vibe, you know
1: totally I think that is for me like figuring out how to invite people and in- include people and um I guess like fig- like th- I think this album is like me figuring out a little more like how to be a solo artist in a way that's satisfying to me at least in mm. a record and in- at least in a recorded sense um like I love I love what I did also with um adaptations and how to break a fall and i love like those are just like more of like a core band in a studio mm-hmm. playing li- playing live together but this was i think this was just an important step for me to do something like this and to feel that t- to 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 kind of design an album where yeah where the the songs are at the center and then these little little sound worlds could be created around the songs But yeah, different players like any one of the bands, any one of the groups of people could have played all the songs on the album and we could have done that approach. But this we did. We took the like very long pandemic like approach of let's just like (laughs) let's just take a year and a half to make this album. It doesn't matter. Like we can slowly build it.
0: And you're like collecting all kinds of fans. I know I talked to Lindsay Liu, who's also, uh, you know, I told you I had her on the show and she's also collecting a bunch of different musicians to play on her band. She's not You know, she leaves it loose.
1: Yeah, you know I she think, leaves her
0: band loose. It's kind of it's a uh, it's analogous. And correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, I th- I think that it's um, I think that for me, I think because I like I clearly have have had hesitancy to be a solo artist. You know, like whether mm. it was from early on in you know when i was 19 and then again when i was 29 and i was like well i'm gonna put a solo record out but i also am just gonna work at starbucks and i don't really i don't know like like <sighs> i've i've definitely feel like i've i've never and now like i'm taking a band on the road in may and we're, we're playing shows and like i've been on the road touring some of these places with you know showing up as a solo singer songwriter with a guitar i did a co-bill tour with anna tivel and we did that and kind of like feeling out like is that like who i am or can i can i feel Mm. music musically satisfied and in the moment with that and you know doing something like that this may i'm taking a band out um and i just i because more and more i come back to this feeling of like that i want to be part of something like part of yeah. making music with other people that's why i loved busking that's what i loved about the stray birds mm-hmm. and i th- and i think that it's like s- this this like tension between like solo and alone or something like s- like the word has always felt like this loaded feeling of like going it alone <laughs> to right me. well it's really and putting
0: I- your name on the your own name on the band
1: yeah. Instead yeah.
0: Of, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be just like you're not necessarily up there solo. So yeah, there is a distinction. You just decided to not name the band.
1: Yeah. So so I have I I feel like I kind of it's yeah, like I can just use my name as the band name and right. I can it can be the the players can be more revolving and um I can it it can be more fluid I just think I think it just it kind of needs to I kind of need to have this period of like fluid music happening after being in something that felt very very rigid for for seven years so this feels more fluid I'm like okay I think I get I think at first I was like well how can I I don't know how to be rigid like I thought (sighs) I thought like if you put music out, you kind of need to know what you're doing. And it always has to sound this way and your fans need to know what you're doing. And, and I'm like, I don't know, that's, I, I need to let go of some of these, some of these, like, vague stories I'm telling myself about that. And yeah, um, I just, I don't know, I'm just going to, I'm going to do my thing and it's kind of fluid. And
0: so how does that um, feel to sort of break out of that prior mold that you had for yourself, that lie that your mind was telling you that it had to be kind of rigid?
1: it feels so freeing it feels like it feels so so freeing and and it feels um like you know like i just feel so like long arc about everything like i Mm. just i just am so like coming back coming coming back to music even i feel like i'm coming back to music just even on, on this side of of what you know the pandemic that we're going through like yeah totally from being away from live shows and not not being able to be like a present music fan mm-hmm. i've just i've been going to shows so much and and like just really c- coming back to it like as a fan and then coming which was the first way that i loved music before i you know knew how to do any of it i was just a fan and um now as a musician and wanting to get on stage and, and, and collaborate with people and, and do it like make the music and make a beautiful evening for people who are getting a babysitter and coming out to a show. Like I want to give that to people. And I'm just like, I, I feel so, so lucky and so excited. And I feel so much conviction that this is what I do best. And this is like what I have to give. This is oh, what I want great, to give love, more of, you know, I love like, that. I, love that. I just like, I just want, I want to give music and I want to receive music and I want to be on both sides of it. And I don't care. Like, like give me a guitar. I'll carry the guitar into the venue for you. Like, what do you need? If you're coming to town, you want to stay on my <sighs> couch? Like, right, right, all right, right, cool. Oh yeah, sure. I'll open your show. Like, I don't know. I just, I want to do all of it. And I want to just like support music and musicians. And cause I think people just like, Need it so much, and yeah, and, yeah. and we have like we have so much, you know. Yeah, there's just so. Oh man, like it's just it just gives us oh there's this
0: it's um, deep right this, now because like the absence made everyone yeah. just like really reflect on it. Yeah. There's
1: this there's this writer. Um, I think his last name is like Matthew. He he. Um, he writes all these books about music, uh-huh. and um, and I was just reading a passage yesterday. He talks about how music, like a beautiful composition or like a beautiful piece of music is just like this glimpse of wholeness and that like humans, like we we all just like long for wholeness. We all long for, you know, wholeness in ourselves or wholeness in our relationships and our families and our wholeness in, you know, when the room looks balanced and you like the, where the kitchen table is or, you know, and then, but also we just like long for wholeness and, and this these glimpses of you know in a show where everything feels balanced and and we can just glimpse wholeness and peace kind of in, in balance when-
0: well yeah well ha- putting a thought out there and having it complete and like Completing the circle of a song has a lot to do with that as well. Like, yeah, because you know, in reality, when you're talking and you're having a conversation, it's not always premeditated, right? But songs yeah. are are artwork, and they're things yeah. that artists think about. How do we put this, um, this, this, this? G- Oftentimes, very deep emotion out there. And how do we encapsulate that in a three minute and 50 to four minute roughly version of something that feels like it's got a beginning, middle and end sometimes or not, but it is a complete thought and then it gets closed. And so you open yourself up to this emotion and then it ends and it feels fucking great most of the time for yes. good music yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah all right. add the disclaimers at the end but yes you know in in essence ideally that's how it that's how it goes right is that does that sort of hit upon what you're saying
1: yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and it's just yeah it just fe- i just feel so lucky to be a part of it i mean i i don't know like like the the long i just feel very lo- like you're saying like you know getting this in 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 short term like it does feel like the pandemic has been happening like you know at the beginning in the middle of you know my solo stuff so far because it's like yeah i put a record out in 2019 then i put one out on march 13th 2020 (laughs) as everything was shutting down and then i put one out that friday
0: in january
1: january of 2022 and so in in a way it's like yeah i there, I, my second album was like the day of the pandemic well yeah started. it's an
0: easy kind of breakdown but, of the discography but there's way much there was way there's so much more behind that really i mean you're working totally. on the whole album during the pandemic
1: yeah, yeah yeah and and i just you know it just feels good to it just feels good to be off and running like to be to be making these mm-hmm. albums and it's I'm, I'm so excited to be totally getting getting out on the road this spring and summer and playing yeah. shows and like like bringing these songs to life in a live way, which also I want to be fluid. You know, I'm not trying to make, make them feel exactly like they are on the record. And yeah, I, I yeah. want that to be fluid. And, uh, uh, I just, does I that wig you the,
0: out a little bit that like the same band will be playing all the songs that you're, that you're doing or have you kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's also like sort of the positive thing. Like, uh, the, the, the songs will, um, uh, they'll be played by the same band throughout so it's just going to be a di- kind of a different feel in that sense not necessarily in a bad way but just sort of different from the album oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: I'm, yeah. I'm i'm excited about it yeah. i'm excited i'm so excited about it and so tell
0: me tell me about the live band so it's ethan on 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 bass i'm not going to say is actually
1: bass. um actually ethan is not in the live oh. band he is in Aoife O'Donovan's live band right now. Oh, okay. For pretty yeah, much this whole year, her "Age of Apathy" album that came out also in January and okay. is an incredible album.
0: And is that a good thing or a bad thing for your relationship that Ethan decided that Ethan's like two timing on you with another woman?
1: Oh, I think it's great. <laughs> I, the 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 bass the bass playing that he is doing in that band. He's only traveling with an electric bass, which he is so pumped about yeah. because. After hauling his so upright much easier, everywhere, right? it's yeah. like so much easier. He's like, yeah, I just get on the plane <laughs> with my bass in a backpack. Like, right, right. it's uh, so he's loving that, and and Aoife is great, and yeah, the whole band, the whole band is great, and it's just really, really, really like, harmonically satisfying music, and like, like she's just one of the best singers.
0: Yeah, like, she's amazing. In
1: many generations, she's incredible. Right. Um, so who's so filling in
0: for Ethan?
1: Well. I don't even know that it's filling in. Yeah, I was he's, gonna. I almost corrected not, myself yeah. too.
0: So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like. So who's think, playing bass in your band, Maya? So <laughs> in,
1: in uh, this is like what what happens to me because I'm you know I'm as I go away from rigid to like fluid. I'm like I don't. There's nobody. I don't have a bass player. You, you know? gotta you
0: gotta swing. <laughs> like, you always gotta swing to the full other <laughs> end of the spectrum, and then exactly. you find a comfort in the middle. Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> um, exactly. But I so in. Who do you right think now.
0: might play in your band? <laughs> yeah. And so and the, the, and, I'm, and I'll, I and I I want to mention the dates are in May and go to your website to go check. Yeah, them out. yeah.
1: So the the band is so good. The band is uh, Shelby Means playing bass mm-hmm. and singing, um, Joel Timmons playing guitar, electric guitar, singing, and then Dominic Billet playing drums. That is the band, mm-hmm. and um, all people who I have played with and hung out with so much and they're just incredible singers joel and shelby are in a band together called sally and george and so they they just have like locked in harmony singing together i i feel so lucky to get to travel with both of them and have them singing harmonies on my music and Mm -hmm. um and dominic dom is another another pennsylvania kid
0: Uh okay uh uh, he lives in nash
1: he lives in nashville now and he he actually did some touring and recording with the stray birds years ago so it'll be fun to get a chance to travel and play with him again so that's the band right on
0: it sounds um, like it's going to be a lot of fun that's going to be amazing um hopefully you'll come to chicago in the midwest at some point
1: yeah i i want to (laughs) i want to um i'm wearing a lot of hats right now i'm i'm still i'm still doing everything yeah for sure um so I, you know, there's like a one week where that's I'm like, a all right, sel- that's a selfish comment. Shows. You do you, right. and we'll, fig- <laughs> we'll figure it. We'll figure oh, it no. out from I'll, there. I'll get there. I'll definitely get there. That's that's the next. That's the next um, region. That right I'm on. Right trying on. to get to.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, tell me about the Nashville scene. Living there, what that's like, how important that is to your own kind of musical and personal development.
1: Oh, there's it's so, so much inspiring going on there. Ah, uh, it's it's like so inspiring. I have to. Lately my lately I've realized that I have to actually like take advantage of it even more and like I was like I need to go see shows, like show shows. Like I need yeah. to go to go to buy a ticket and go to the Ryman. And anytime I think about going to see a if something pops on the calendar that I think would be a good show to see. And I just went to see like Waxahachie and Maddie mm-hmm. Diaz the other night. I yeah. saw the wood, the wood brothers there the week before. Oh yeah. Yeah. Gregory they, Allen Isakoff. I
0: love them.
1: Yeah. Um IFA opened solo for Gregory, Gregory Allen Isakoff the week before that. So I went to that show. Um, so just being in a town where, you know, a lot of music comes through. Right. Um, but then. Or your neighbors the, the, are playing the at the Ryman.
0: I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, like there's yeah. like the,
1: the local bar scene, you know, of friends playing gigs at D's up in Madison and mm-hmm. um or the five spot, like these local places where there's just incredible incredible music happening. My friend John Mylander has um a project called Forecast that I'm like loosely a part of. I sing with them sometimes and uh-huh um but he's his main gig is playing fiddle for bruce hornsby but then when he's in town and hmm. when he's doing his thing he's you know make making this whole musical world around instrumental music and and with guest vocalists and, and lindsey does some stuff um with him too with john mylander so, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and so that's you know that's just cool like everybody's supporting each other yeah. and and you, Do you know, ever run into
0: are potlucks. you um are you tied at all with uh with aaron ray
1: you know we have crossed paths but we have not like hung out uh uh-huh. we've we've crossed paths like a time or two over the years but we haven't ever uh there's so many like intersecting circles of friends or like yeah. you know where there's like a couple people really depends tight.
0: where you are on the venn diagram
1: yeah exactly yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can, I, can I was just feel, curious because i had I her on
0: the show and her, like her yeah she's she's a cool chick
1: yeah, I can feel the, the the closeness and the mutual friendness that we have, but I, um, we haven't uh, we haven't like exactly overlapped on the Venn diagram yet. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we got it. Oh no, what? Actually, I promised you I'd come back to the new album, and I wanted to talk about not a trick of the eye, also, which sort of plays on the am I seeing what's really out there? And I love the socio-political um, vibe of that song, clearly reflecting on George Floyd and others and other tragedies that occurred during that summer when you were presumably writing um, yeah. this song. Uh, you know, you don't have the eyes for the violet light, but I saw someone shot dead on the street that night and seeing things that aren't there or not. And, you mm-hmm. know, um, uh, kind of casts doubt. And also there's the kind of that overlay of the whole, I mean, okay, I might be taking this, I'm taking this to the next step. It's just about fucking gaslighting. And like, are we seeing what we're seeing, which is kind of the violet light thing, right? Cause sometimes there's, you know, there's been so much gaslighting from the top down, you know, with the Trump era of saying how things aren't No, this is really occurring. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's voter fraud and it wasn't an insurrection and I won the election. No, no. Um, so many things that people are saying that are happening that are not happening. Um, that's kind of my takeaway from that. Uh, am I, am I, am I off base? Am I on base? And do you, do you often write about sociopolitical issues?
1: um i think it comes it comes through like you know once once in a while that was one that i really really wrestled with and really struggled with i wrote so many mm. different versions of oh, that really? song on that topic just trying to figure out like what like th- these feelings i have of yeah like grief yeah. and gaslighting and you know all the way back from like you know growing up in like rural suburban pennsylvania like yeah. what was i what was i learning about in school a uh, as far as and then like what is right. what actually happened in American history or yeah, like, yeah. All, like all what, how these. you
0: struggled with like what you wanted your voice to be in the song. Like there's so many ways you can go with like, you know, yes. 25 lines of, of, of lyrics. <laughs> or oh, however yeah. many It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's got
0: to be really hard to boil that down. You re- really really makes you look at yourself
1: yeah yeah and like what is my place in this story like what do i have to offer can i can i comment on this at all like am i oh am i just a witness am i a participant like what you know what what is the role and i i think socio-political stuff comes out in other ways too like i put this single out called working man oh yeah yeah um, yeah yeah yeah. i meant to mention that yes before this album and and so that you know that's just thinking about like the you know absurd income inequality (laughs) probably Mm -hmm. also influenced by working at a place like starbucks right Right. um but um and and just seeing
0: you're you're, you know you it's not like you're part of the problem at starbucks charging six dollars for a chai latte you know
1: yeah yeah it's like we sell you know (laughs) when i you know when i was first working there it was 9.75 an hour they were paying us which was like actually substantially better than the minimum wage um, than you know what air. most people get in Tennessee, and and now it's fifteen. Um, and but it's like you know you sell two drinks, and that's you know that's fifteen dollars right there, and right. it's like kind of. And then thinking about like the economics of music, and the and uh and how, just yeah, like how how much people struggled in the music industry, and it's it's just I'm just curious, really. I'm just curious about that stuff, and and like it's not yeah, I, I, I'm just interested in it. I, I write about the things I'm interested in and yeah. it's definitely, definitely one of the things I'm interested in.
0: Right. Right. Oh, it's great stuff. It's good stuff. Okay. Uh, a little lighter topic, um, dogs. Let's talk about dogs <laughs> for a minute. Cause you made this amazing video. Um, I presume of your dog and everyone should check that out on their website, on your website. It's called dogs on the run. And, uh, while the, while you're checking out Maya's gigs in May, you know, let's talk about dogs for a minute because that was super adorable. You've got this amazing. <laughs> I think it was it was in black and white. So I think it was a black lab. Yes. Um, what's his name? What's it? A boy or a girl? What's his name? Let's talk about your dog for a minute because I love dogs and I got mine on the floor right there. As you can see. Yeah.
1: So Sammy, so th-
0: Sammy, Sammy.
1: So the dog that's like super featured in that video is Sylvie. Super featured. Uh, he's only super, featured. Super featured. <laughs> he's starring um, <laughs> center of <laughs> the frame and so many great. Yeah, there's a couple other um I think there's like a, a small part of the video where some other friends sent I talked. All oh, right, yeah, there was a light colored in.
0: lab playing with a little yeah. baby on the bed. That was really yeah. cute. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. actually
1: yeah, my friend um caitlin Canty Um, I, I dog sit for her sometimes Uh, and, uh, super cute. So I, I got to include some of her, her dogs. Yeah. And and, it's not
0: like just kind of out there on YouTube. You chose this dog video to put on your website. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally.
1: Um, it's yeah. I mean, I, I think that while Sylvie was Sylvie got really sick. Sylvie was my, so I grew up with a black lab uh who kind of felt like another sibling a member of the family yeah. her name was her name was Georgia and then Georgia passed away and then my parents got Sylvie and Sylvie was you know most like the kids were like kind of halfway moved out of my parents house by then and so mm. it was just a, a different thing Sylvie was like very much like my parents my parents pet my parents dog my parents right. baby and um mm-hmm. but she got sick and she died during uh-huh. the first year of covid and sorry i but i i just like the song started as me like being so sad that i wasn't actually i thought i was going to get to see her we couldn't go up there because ethan actually got covid which was fortunately we, we realized it before we had traveled up there and seen a bunch of family oh um, yeah Jeez. and <laughs> and so, so i was just you know realizing i probably wasn't going to see this dog again and um started writing this song and it was like hold on sylvie it was very selfish like you know You're like right, yeah right, right. like st- like don't don't die like die I without wanna, me. wait for me i want to come and hold you again and yeah. and then i just like i was like wow like that's like how else can i feel my way through this and <laughs> um and then dogs run on is what Is what kind of came out and like just this feeling of like yeah like I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna go back to that lake and I'm gonna go like walk these trails on my parents' property and like and I'm gonna think of her like she's not really gone like in in some ways she is really 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 gone and other ways like just like I I can't be in certain places of my parents' land without thinking of Georgia and like being with Georgia like when I was a little kid and I was ten years old and I wanted a puppy and my parents like let me pick out this bl- little black lab georgia and then i just the responsibility like the love and care i felt for this dog and i remember like there's this place up by these kind of wild brambly bushes and georgia was so little and tiny and she just like scooted in the bushes and i was 10 and i was afraid i would never see her again i got so like protective and like maternal and uh-huh. like oh my gosh like and it was just like searching for her in these little like brambles and i i can't like she's with me every time that i'm up in this part of That's the woods amazing. and and like so feelings like that of of like in in love and loss and all of this like that like we we really like carry those moments and there's not any like end really to to that kind of a love or that kind of presence in your life and yeah. but there also isn't a physical end so i just i don't know i wanted to i, I love dogs i love the like when I dog sit, I'm like I just become a healthier person. I'm like, oh, I should go outside now. You probably need to go to the bathroom, or like let's go for a, <laughs> yeah. let's go for a walk.
0: Totally, <laughs> and totally. I this, just, this guy I, got me through all of COVID. <laughs> it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. You know, like they say, like, if one person remembers you, you you live on. So it's kind of like that with a dog. And they're not like talking with you. It's like, oh, we used to say this to one another when we're on mm. a walk. No, you can be on the walk and the dog might as well be there with you, you know, even if yeah. they're not. And then they, yeah. they kinda, I, I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I had dogs when I was younger and it's like, I still remember them. And I love dogs anyway. People who follow this podcast know that I love dogs and I always have my dog has been present for every single one of my interviews, either conscious or not, because I keep I saying his name and <laughs> talking about him and he's not waking up. So, yeah, he's out. Yeah. He's out cold. Um, well, this was such a pleasure to have you, Maya. Thanks for thanks for being here and and and, um, and sharing so much about your own personal life and 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 your career thus far it's super exciting and this 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 latest album is just spectacular i I really
1: thank you i'm
0: really i'm blown away by it and i um uh best of luck getting out there in may and um uh and i just I, i i'm so i'm so psyched for you
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for reaching out and for for asking me to be on here. Right on. It was really nice to talk to you.
0: Thanks. Nice talking to you too. And the pleasure was all mine, truly.
1: I'll see you in Chicago sometime.
0: Right on. I hope so. Thanks. Okay, that was Maya DeVitri. I just found her just so <clears throat> very aware of what her place in the world is in terms of her own uh, creative output, where she's come from, what she has learned from her variety of different associations with bands and individuals, and putting that all together and feeling very comfortable in her um, in the solo artist environment, working with a variety of different musicians and such. I was really... Um, you know, intrigued to hear about her road trip as, um, you know, many years ago as a high school senior, but really kind of gave her a crash course in touring early on. And I also liked her perspectives on, on playing and playing in front of crowds and kind of, you know, she's not afraid to put it out there for sure. I mean, she is an inspiring creative in that, in that respect wants to get her stuff out there wants to be in front of an audience um is very happy to do that um talks about the power of just showing up and i think that we can all apply that to our own lives in a variety of different ways and learn so much from artists and creative and uh performers and uh, the example that they set for putting their own stuff out there and getting it out there and um I really liked how she was reflecting on the COVID time and being away and what it means to to, uh, being away from shows and what it means to be back now and that longing for wholeness, as she says, at a show, the the peace and balance of uh, a beautiful rock show, the peace and balance of a beautiful song, um, how... Coming full circle within a song and creative thought is just an amazing process to witness uh, from a uh, uh, spectator standpoint, as well as to create that environment from a performer's perspective, as well. And I appreciated Maya sharing. All of that with, with us, as well as uh, sharing her entire creative process and how what her thought process was, especially for this new album, Violet Light, which I, I can't recommend highly enough. It's such a beautiful album. Uh, go to Maya's website to check out more about her and see her tour dates. Um, she will be up in the mid-Atlantic states and East Coast the remainder of this month in May and into June and uh, tons of different festivals over the summer as well. I encourage you to check all those out and go see Maya whenever you can. Uh thanks again to everyone for being here for this episode of Roadcase. We got tons of great guests coming up and I I really appreciate your support. Thanks for being here. And I want to send a special thank you to Maya Devitri for being here on this episode of Roadcase. thanks again so much for listening and I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase you can do so in a number of different ways you can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions comments and even suggestions for guests or you can follow us on the socials Instagram Twitter and Facebook we're at Roadcase Pod and we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast and of course you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform and if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there that would be great So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have, and I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road.